Let's take our Bibles this morning and we're going to turn to two passages of Scripture. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter number 7 and then we're going to be in Matthew chapter number 1. Uh, we will read first from Isaiah chapter number 7 and then we will read from Matthew chapter number 1. And so I would encourage you uh, to mark both of these places because we'll read them for our text this morning uh, and then we'll refer to them uh, throughout uh, the message. And so Isaiah chapter number 7, and we'll look then look at Matthew uh, chapter number 1. Isaiah uh, chapter number 7, then Matthew chapter number 1. Uh, we look at Isaiah uh, chapter number 7, and look at verse number 14 with me. Therefore... The Lord himself shall give you a son. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah the prophet is prophesying of the birth of our Savior. And say his name shall be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Uh, this is where we get our name, Emmanuel Baptist Church. And the uh, same thing is said in Matthew chapter number 1. Uh, the Emmanuel with an I is the Old Testament spelling. Emmanuel with an E is the New Testament spelling. So hold your place in Isaiah chapter number 7. But look with me in Matthew chapter number 1. And we're going to look with verse number 18. While you're flipping over, though, I remind you, we're kicking off this morning. This message is going to take us into our Sunday school series uh, beginning next week. His name shall be called. And uh, we're going to look at the different uh, uh, aspects of our Savior, uh, specifically from Isaiah 9, 6, uh, where he is uh, called a lot of different things. He's called, and I'll, I'll read the verse of Scripture for you very uh, quickly. Uh, and for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of course, speaking of our Savior. Now look at me, Matthew chapter number 1, and we'll begin reading in verse number 18. Matthew chapter number 1, <clears throat> verse number 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, Isaiah chapter number 7 uh, says his name shall be called Emmanuel. We find in Matthew chapter number 1, uh, in verse 21, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now this morning, we're going to look at the two names of the Son of God. We're going to look at the name Emmanuel, and we're going to look at the name Jesus. And I've just simply entitled this message, In His Name Shall Be Called. I want us, this is, and that feels kind of odd, preaching a Christmas message on the first Sunday of November. But I'm right in line with all the retail stores this morning and all of the advertisements. <clears throat> Matter of fact, I'm late. I'm about six weeks late with the Christmas uh, spirit. But we say this, and it's true. We don't just celebrate the birth of our Savior on Christmas Day. 
It is truly all about Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I hope to introduce you to him this morning. I hope that you put your faith and trust in him. As a child of God, we need to be reminded of who we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, of what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, This world uh, will turn to religion instead of Christ. Uh, That is a mistake they'll pay for for all of eternity. Uh, We must be reminded who we have as the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I hope today uh, will be a good reminder for us. I hope it will be uh, something that uh, uh, reminds us of what we have in Jesus, who we have in Jesus. And so let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. Father, we uh, ask you today that you would uh, meet with us during this hour. Already today we've been helped and blessed Uh, in the Sunday school hour. We've been uh, helped and encouraged and I participated in uh, the wonderful music this morning. And Father, I pray now that as we open your word, as we speak of your son, as we focus on him and that gift that you sent to mankind, may we be reminded of what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's one here today in the service or perhaps uh, watching by live stream, listening by radio that does not know Jesus personally as their Savior, may today be their day of salvation. May today be the day the Spirit of God convicts them of their sin condition, their lost condition, their need of the Lord Jesus Christ. May today be the day they put their faith and trust in Him. Father, we ask Your hand of blessing on all this done, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We look this morning at two passages of Scripture, and I believe it's important for us to do so. We see two names given to our Lord. Isaiah chapter number 7, in verse 14, I'll read it for you again. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. I remind you that throughout the Old Testament, these prophecies of the, of the Messiah, the prophecy of the, the coming Lord, the coming Savior, the sign is there's going to be a virgin uh, who shall conceive. She's never going to know a man. She's going to be conceived by the Holy Ghost of God and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, as we know, means God with us. God took on the form of man to be with us. We know he had a specific purpose for his coming, and we'll be reminded of that this morning. This is repeated in the first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew that we've already looked at in the Scripture we Uh, I've read this morning, Uh, Joseph, when he was told of the imminent birth of a son to Mary, God told him through the messenger, he shall be called Jesus. Now, we are told that there is one God with us who is going to come. Uh, We are are also told that his name is to be called Jesus. They say, why is this important? Why do we uh, bring this out this morning? Uh, Because in verse number 23 of Matthew chapter 1, look with me uh, again. We'll look at verse 22. After verse 21, and she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, For he shall save his people from their sins. I've got to stop right there. What a wonderful verse. What a wonderful reminder of his purpose. He didn't come just to teach some parables. He came with a purpose to pay the sin debt for mankind. You can't find that in religion. You can't work your way to heaven. It is through the Lord Jesus Christ. That was his purpose. Verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Now we're going to have a reference 
to what we read in Isaiah chapter number 7. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Interpreted as God with us. Okay, why is this significant? Because Jesus was, is the virgin-born son of God. He is and was sent to pay the sin debt for mankind. Only he could do that. We are, the Old Testament prophets, they prophesied. It was that hope, that belief that the one would come who would take away the sins of the, of the world. That prophet Isaiah prophesied and said there's going to be a sign. There will be a virgin who shall conceive and bear a son. His name shall be called Emmanuel. This child that is conceived of a virgin, Emmanuel, God with us. You'll know God is with you because he will not be the son of man. He'll be the son of God. He will be Emmanuel, God with us. Now in verse number 21, Joseph is told, thou shalt call his name Jesus, verse 22, because this is going to fulfill what Isaiah has said. His name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. What is being said here is you're going to call him Joseph Jesus because this is the fulfillment of God with us. What he is saying is Jesus, Joseph, who's being born, going to be born of a virgin, uh, your, your, your wife to be Mary, this is the fulfillment of Isaiah. This is God with us, meaning Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecy, God with us. It's sad. It's sad having been to Israel and going again. It's sad that the Jews are still looking for the Messiah to come. He's already been here. He's already come. And the scripture bears this out that God with us, that the prophet prophesied of, he shall be called Jesus Meaning, now, God is with us. This is our Savior. Friend, this morning, it is important for you and I to be reminded that our faith, our hope, is not in another man. Our faith, our hope, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. What a sad, sad position to be in, to put your faith in the Pope. Put your faith in a man. What, how sad would it be to put your faith in some religious man, no matter what uh, moniker he puts on himself, no matter what title he puts on himself, no matter what quote-unquote denomination or religion he claims to espouse in another man. Friend, we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is God with us. Think about that. These people, Joseph, he knew what the prophet had prophesied. He knew that the day was coming. Just like you and I, we read the New Testament, and we know that Jesus is coming again. We know some of the signs. We know some of the things. And by the way, it's getting closer and closer and closer. Everything. You say, why is all of this happening? Because God's Word says Jesus is coming again. And before He comes again, there's a lot of things that have got to take place. Just as the Old Testament prophet said, this will be a sign. God with us. Saying this is him. The one who's been prophesied 
This is him. His name shall be Jesus. This is the fulfillment of the prophet who said, Emmanuel will come, God with us. When Jesus left heaven, when the Spirit of God conceived in the womb of Mary and Jesus was born, and we celebrate Christmas and we celebrate his birth all the time. He came with a purpose to pay for man's sin. We know that. The moment he arrived, the moment he came, God was with man. He walked on this earth. God left heaven, robed himself in flesh to be amongst men. Think about that. Joseph, can you imagine? Can you think of the greatness of Joseph? Here's the woman he's going to marry, conceived of the Holy Ghost. He says, this is Jesus. This is the fulfillment of the prophet, fulfillment of the prophecy. Now I want to give you a few things this morning with this in mind. His name shall be called Jesus, God with us. It's a reminder that you and I don't have our faith in just a man. Let me say number one, Jesus was all man and all God. He was all man and all God. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He was God indwelling man. It is for that reason that he was given these two different names. Both are precious names. The name Emmanuel is a precious name. It reminds us that God is with us. We have the name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. In that name, we see the divinity of our Lord. Jesus was sent by the Father to man. He left heaven for earth for, for man. It is also not accidental or coincidental that the name of Jesus would be given to Joseph, his earthly father. Joseph would not pick the name of this child because he was not the father. He, if he was the father, he would pick the name. Now, I know it's a little different in our society today. Usually, mom picks the name. Usually, say, say well, I know what I want. Well, what does mom want? If it's different, you're pro- you, what, no matter what your dad says, you're probably named what your mom wanted to name you. That's just the way it is. But not in this society. And that the name was chosen. That name was picked. But God sent a messenger to say, Joseph, you're not picking the name of this child because he's not your son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Emmanuel reminds us that he's God. Jesus reminds us, the name Jesus reminds us that he was God in man. He would be called by the name Jesus because that is the name of his, that his father chose for him. Now remember, he was all God represented by Emmanuel and man represented by the name Jesus. Jesus. Now I want to remind you that Jesus has existed from eternity as part of the Trinity. Jesus did not begin his existence on that day he was born in Bethlehem. There are some who teach falsely in in his false doctrine that that is when Jesus came on the scene. No, he's existed for all of eternity as part of the Godhead. There's examples in the Old Testament 
where, where, where Jesus took upon himself the form of a man or the form of an angel, and, and Jesus would appear unto men. Uh, I think of Joshua, as we've been looking in our Sunday school lessons, uh, there's a clear account in Scripture of Joshua falling on his face because Jesus came in the form of an angel. Jesus has always been. Jesus has always existed. But thanks be to God that he loved man enough that there was Emmanuel, God with us. He sent him to this earth, Jesus, who would pay for the sins of the world. It is important for you and I to be reminded Jesus was all man and all God. If he was not, he could not pay our sin debt. He put on flesh and lived and died on that cross having never given in to the flesh. He was perfect, sinless. The only one who can make that claim. He was, it's important for us to be reminded, Jesus was all man and all God. Number two, the Bible clearly teaches that Jesus was God. In John, write this reference down, John chapter 20 and verse 28 and Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. In Titus 2.13, write this reference down. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. There are some today who try to differentiate Jesus from God. Jesus is God. Jesus is God in the flesh. That Old Testament prophet said, hey, uh, the, the day is coming. When, when, when the Messiah is coming, the Savior of the world is coming. And, and thou shalt call, here's a sign, a virgin is going to conceive and bear a son. His name shall be called Emmanuel. The prophet has prophesied, God is going to come to be with you. What a hope that had to be. What a promise that had to be. God is going to come and dwell with us. And then when the time for that prophecy to be fulfilled came, the messenger came to Joseph and said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus because this is him. This is a fulfillment. See, we have the benefit of reading the New Testament. They didn't have the New Testament. All they knew was what Isaiah had said. The time's coming. He says, This is him. This is a fulfillment. God with us. Jesus was all man, all God. Number two, the Bible clearly teaches that Jesus was God. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8 says, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Colossians 2, verse 9 affirms, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. These, and there's many other passages, affirm that Jesus was God. Friend, that's why uh, you, you don't want to take the Lord's name in vain. That's why uh, Jesus was not another teacher. Uh, Jesus was not just a good man. Jesus was not just a prophet or philosopher. Jesus was 100% God, 100% man. God with us came. His name was Jesus, and he is the Son of God. The Bible clearly teaches that Jesus was God. Friend, you and I need to be reminded of what we have our faith in. We have our faith in this book. We have our faith in the Word of God. Well, I just don't see how that could happen, friend. I, I choose to believe God in what God has said, and we're reminded the Bible clearly teaches that Jesus was God. Number three, 
Jesus was not a man who took on the qualities of God. Jesus was God who took on the form of a man. Jesus was not a man who took on the qualities of God. Jesus was God who took on the form of a man. Let me just pause right there for a moment and say, I believe it is important that we get back to teaching the deity of Christ. The Bible is true. The Bible tells us in many places about the nation of Israel that those who do well to the nation of Israel, he will bless. Those who do not, he will not bless. Matter of fact, he will curse. As we understand that and we do that, we should pray for the salvation. We should pray for not just the peace of Jerusalem, but for the salvation of the nation of Israel. We know that the same who crucified the Lord Jesus Christ today, and I say this because as we positionally, correctly stand by God's people, we must be reminded that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Savior of the world. In a day of political correctness, we want to tear that down. I, I believe this is happening in many, in many cases, and this is just throw this out, and if you can apply it, apply it. If it doesn't apply to you, then we'll just move on. But there's a lot of popular political commentators that are espousing and mixing it in their political commentary that Jesus is not the Son of God. Now, you do what you want to do. I'm not interested in that. I don't care where your politics lines up. That's blasphemy against my Savior. That's a slander against my God. He is the Son of God. Well, Pastor, is that big a deal? If you'll entertain it, and you'll entertain it, and you'll entertain it, the deity of Christ is broken down. And say, what is this? Well, all these other religions, they don't, they don't celebrate Christmas, so we shouldn't say Merry Christmas. It is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was not a man who took on the qualities of God. Jesus was God who took on the form of a man. Philippians 2, write this reference down, Philippians 2, verses 5 through 7. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. He wasn't a man that took on qualities of God. He was God that took on the likeness of a man. It was Jesus was God who took on the form of a man. Many cults make a mistake in this particular teaching. They want us to believe that Jesus did not exist prior to his birth, and we've already established that Jesus is eternal. They want to take away from the deity of Christ. You know, you, you hear Islam and Muslims recognize Jesus as a great prophet, but friend, he was much more than a great prophet. He was and is God. No, we, 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 we need to be reminded of this because uh, the deity of Christ, if you take away the deity of Christ, you don't have a Savior. I don't have a Savior. I have no hope. You have no hope. It is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. He was not a man who took on the qualities of God. Jesus was God who took on the form of man. Number four. When Jesus was born, he was taking on the form of flesh to fulfill the plan of God for our redemption. 
The end of the book of John tells us that the world could not contain the volumes of the good works that Jesus did. Think about that. We have enough recorded that really makes us stop and try and think of everything that Christ did. How many unrecorded miracles that took place? We see the multitudes that were helped. Think of the miracles that are contained in the multitudes. Let me just stop for just a second. In this crowd that's in here this morning, how many miracles has God done for us? How many of that are we aware of? When we stop and take, take inventory and say, God was in that. God worked that out. God did that. But how many times has God done something and we're not even aware of it? Jesus did many, many great works. But he did not just come to heal the physical body. He did not come just to do a good work. He came to fulfill the plan of God for our redemption. Man has a sin problem. It began in the Garden of Eden. Because of sin, man is separated from God. And you read the Old Testament, and those Old Testament sacrifices was a picture. That lamb that was offered was a picture of the spotless lamb that would come to pay for the sins of the world. Pastor, why is this so important for us to be reminded? Why is this so important to be reminded of who Jesus is? Because he is the Son of God, and he came to redeem man. And, and friend, we, we have these cliches around the holiday time, and, and Jesus was the reason for the season and all that, and he certainly is. But we need to be reminded it's more than just the cliché. It was Jesus who came to fulfill the redemption plan of God. Turn with me to John chapter number 1, if you will. John chapter number 1. And this is where we'll conclude the message this morning. John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1, in verse number 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. We've already looked, and the Scripture establishes, that God is eternal. Every person in here, you have a birth date. Jesus was born of a virgin. We celebrate on December 25th. Say, well, don't you know he wasn't born on December? I wasn't there. I don't know when he, with the date he was born. I know we celebrate his birth on that day, but as a child of God, that's not the only day we celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like there's an Easter Sunday. Friend, if, if you're doing it wrong, if you celebrate his resurrection one time a year. We celebrate his resurrection daily because it's in that we have salvation. He's eternal. The same was in the beginning with God. Now look at verse 14. And the word was made flesh 
and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, the Mormons have a lot of problems, but, but they have a problem with the Scripture. Don't be fooled when they want to give you a free King James Bible. They don't believe it. Because my Bible tells me there's the only begotten Son of God. The Mormons believe that Jesus and Satan are brothers. Uh, that's not what the Bible says. He's the only begotten. He's the only one who could bring redemption. Now, John chapter 1 speaks of, tells us about John the Baptist and his ministry, and we come to verse number 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Who was he speaking of? He was speaking of the Word that was made flesh. He was speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was speaking of Jesus, who was the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah, who said, the Messiah is coming, the Savior's coming. And this is going to be a sign. There's going to be a virgin who conceives and is going to bear a son. And his name is Emmanuel, God with us. When that takes place, God is going to be with you. God is coming. Why is he coming? To fulfill the redemption plan of man. Jesus born the Son of God. Jesus came to fulfill that plan, to, to lay down his life so that you and I might be saved. Friends, salvation is only in the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is only in the Son of God. And we need to be reminded, I believe, as God's people, and I don't think that we can be reminded too often, and certainly one time a year is not enough to be reminded that God loved us enough that God came to be with us. God came when we could not go to him. Sin has separated us from God, and God sent his son, who's 100% God, who took upon him the flesh of man and became man, the God-man, so that he could go to the cross and pay for your sins and pay for my sins. I don't understand how anyone could get to a place where they would say, well, just God does not love me. Jesus disproves that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. How many of you are saved this morning on your way to heaven? It's because you've put your faith and trust in Jesus. If you do not believe that he is God, you cannot be saved because he is God. Only Emmanuel brings salvation. If you've got your Bible open to the book of Isaiah, if not, I'll read again Isaiah chapter number 9 and verse number 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace.
The attack on Jesus is an attack on God. To create another quote-unquote Jesus, as false religions do, is to create another God. There's only one who brings salvation. You know this, and I couldn't tell if every hand was raised just a moment ago, but it looks like, if, if not every hand, the vast majority of people raised their hand. But there came a time in your life and my life when the Spirit of God reminded us that we were a sinner. You know, if you were like me, I didn't, didn't take a whole lot of convincing. I was young. I was a small child. And I was what you would call a little rambunctious. My mother, who's with the Lord now, was actually my teacher in school. Th that was not good. Because, it, you know, it's like you come home, it's like, how was school? You already know. Did you behave today? Yeah, we've, we've been through that. I was a little distracted from time to time. You, most of you know this story. Brother Hudson, who sits back here, was the principal in the school. That my mother was the teacher and I was in the class. The deck was stacked against me. I had been to visit with Brother Hudson many times. Just, just to talk about the weather and things. So when my mother one day was teaching the lesson, the Bible lesson in that classroom of the crucifixion of Christ and why he came, it didn't take the Spirit of God long to convince me that I was a sinner. My mother had been telling me I was. The principal had been telling me I was. I was pretty convinced that I was. I had to know, I had to understand, not just that I was a sinner. I had to understand that there's a penalty for that. And because of my sin, I was separated from God. And that separation from God in eternity one day would be to pay for my own sins and that horrible place called hell. I knew a couple of things. I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that according to the Bible, I deserved and I was on my way to hell. But God loved the world so much that he left heaven, put on flesh, lived a sinless life, and fulfilled God's redemption plan by going to the cross of Calvary. And all that we had to do is put our faith in what Christ did, the death, burial, and resurrection as a substitution for my penalty, for my payment. And it was faith. And I remember getting up out of my seat, which I was prone to do in the school day from time to time, going up to my mother, said, I need to be saved. Say, what do you remember after that? I, 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 I don't remember everything that was said, but the truth of the matter is, when I got up out of that seat, I believe that's when I put my faith in my heart in what Jesus had done. Friend, just as I 
have that story of the realization of my own life. We could take the time this morning to go around the room and your story might be different than mine. But you need to have a story. When you realize that you were a sinner. And you realize that I grew up in a I grew up in the church. I was born into the church nursery, and I was at every service, and my family served in ministry. And, but I had to have a time when I realized that I was a sinner. And friend, that didn't take long for me to be convinced of that. And if we're honest, when the Spirit of God brings conviction in our heart and our life, we know we don't measure up to God. We know what we've done is wrong. We know there's an almighty God who's holy and is righteous and is, is perfect, and we do not measure up. The issue this morning is not whether or not we are sinners. We know we are. The issue this morning is not whether or not the Spirit of God convicts us. It's where we put our faith. And we, we cannot put our faith in a religion, and there are many today who are sincere, and, and this is the way I've been, been brought up, and this is, this, is, this is where my faith is. But you are sincerely wrong because the Bible teaches us that it was Emmanuel, God with us, who came to pay that price for us. This morning, do you have a story when you realize you were a sinner and that time you put your faith and trust in Christ? If it's in a religious man, it's in the wrong place. If it's in a church, it's in the wrong place. If it's in yourself, it's in the wrong place. God sent his son to pay for our sins. Child of God, let's be reminded this morning that we do not serve anyone other than God himself. Jesus. You know what this world needs to hear? It's the name Jesus. I want us to be reminded, not just today, but as we look at this series in the weeks ahead, that we are ambassadors of Christ. We point others to the Son of God. This morning, if you're here, as we go to invitation, we conclude the service, I want you to think about the time, your story, your testimony when you heard the name Jesus. This world is familiar with the name Jesus. But sadly, this world, in many cases, is not aware of who Jesus really is. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't just a religious teacher. He was God who left heaven to be with man so that he might fulfill the plan of redemption, so that you and I can be saved. Father, I pray this morning that 